Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter Samuel Mangi. Maureen Kumboka is in standby with the family life segment to take us through part one of the topic bereavement. Sister Becky Arunga will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today she will talk about in spirit and truth. Oh, God. 
This is New Life Program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Maureen Komboka with the Family Life segment. Be blessed. There, dear listener, hope you are doing well and God has sustained and kept you. On our biblical perspective on marriage today, we are going to talk on bereavement. Don't call me Naomi, pleasantness. Call me Mara, bitter, for bitter I am. Bitter because of what God has done to me. Husband dead, both sons dead, coming back penniless to Bethlehem. Someone has to be responsible for all this trouble. And if God is as powerful as he claims, he must be to blame. Naomi had come stuck in one of the stages of mourning. She was coping with grief by anger against someone else. The Western world has done away with most of the rituals for mourning. Sixty years ago, widows wore black for the funeral and for some months afterwards. Children wore black armbands or other tokens. When the tears are died after the graveside, That's not the end of the pain. When the divorce is finally settled, emotions may still rage. Children mourn when a family is torn apart by death or breakup. They may carry lifelong emotional scars. Mom and Dad, life is cruel enough. Can you give the marriage one more try before tearing the children apart? Sex was the Victorian taboo, and death was discussed openly. Now the situation is reversed. Death is a 20th century western taboo, except in fantasy on screen and in books. If there is no meaningful afterlife or nothing at all, then death may be denied. Everyone will have to face bereavement of one sort or another. Children lose their pets, grandparents die, parents die, husband or wife, even children. Relationships also break up. Every social or church worker or person in one of the caring professions will meet the bereaved. But it is not their job alone. We need to know how to meet our crisis and how to help in the crisis of others. There may come a time when a marriage has died. The hearts, mental, perhaps even physical, are too much to take any longer. God does not demand that anyone should live in subjection. Misery and fear with a marriage partner not even a so-called Christian husband who quotes bits of Ephesians chapter 6 to show his domination without reading the rest of the chapter. Every loss causes pain. Every anticipated loss causes pain. There may be mourning before death, 
during a protracted period of mental or physical illness. This may be easier for the mourner, but the patient may experience a serious loss of love and support, or the carer may bond very closely to the dying, so that an obsessive relationship may persist after death. This can prepare the way for a result of spiritism, so that the dead can communicate. Grief eats the body. Hollowness or tightness in the abdomen, chest, shoulders, throat, breathlessness. Muscular weakness, lack of energy, fatigue, the griever is likely than normal to be ill. Going through a process of grieving is essential if recovery is to take place. There is no shortcut. No tablets will do the trick. God will not take away the pain. He is alongside to share and to cry with you. There may be shock, numbness, disbelief, anxiety, sadness, relief, and even in some cases, temporary euphoria meaningless and despair, loneliness, confusion, and difficulty in concentrating, anger against the one who died, the one who seemed to have caused or allowed the death, who might be God, the doctor, the nurse, or the mourner, guilt for things done and not done, preoccupation with thoughts of the deceased and events leading up to death. There may be a sensation that the departed is still around, which often makes it hard to believe that the dead are not conscious and is fed by the yearning. This can be so strong that we think we hear the familiar voice or face. Fitful sleep and disturbing dreams that seem to send mixed messages. The shock of bereavement may lead to loss of appetite, forgetfulness, or other otherwise unusual behavior. There be a desire to get the of all remainders of the dead person as quickly as possible. This may be regretted later, but obsessive clinging to souvenirs may be morbid. Some search or call for the deceased, for example, at the grave, in the way Harry Udin did. There may be a restless desire to accomplish something, but no ability to concentrate. Everything can seem too much bother. Why even try? What's the point? Fits of crying may occur. The mourner may want to get away from people. What can they understand of my pain? What do they care? Sorrows may be drowned in alcohol, but they come back bigger the next day. How long does the grieving process take? Some counselors think that the intensity should decline after six months. For most people, grief is terrible but uncomplicated. There is shock and disbelief for hours or days, outbursts of intense emotion, panic, sobbing, irrational anger. Others may experience complicated grief. This may be delayed due to an emotional denial, not facing up to reality of the loss. Chronic grief is where the bereaved does not recover from the normal process of grieving. This is exaggerated and morbid. The present is neglected for the sake of the past. Absent grief is where a person apparently feels no need to grieve and suffers no consequences. Distorted grief is when anger or guilt overwhelm all other symptoms. Like Mara, such people are struck halfway through the process and life is very bitter. The friend or counselor is to help the mourner pass through the stage of grief, monitoring progress and noting where there may be over prolonged persistence of one face. Some people who have grown up in a stiff upper lip culture may find it hard to express grief openly. 
The caring friend will help such a person to find expression so that grief is not denied. Denial will delay the healing process. Catch us next time for the continuation of the next topic where I'm going to give you ways on how to deal with the bereaved people. I've been your presenter, Maureen Kwamboka. Be blessed. You are tuned to Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Our producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Sister Becky Arunga. Welcome, Sister. It is a blessed assurance that we know Christ belongs to us and we are His. We are His by creation and by redemption. We have been adopted into His family. Now God is teaching us in the Gospel of John that we may see His dealings with mankind. And I am Becky Arunga. Let us pray. O Lord, You have made it possible for Your servant to speak Your word this day. 
and you have made it possible for my dear listener to pick up his or her Bible and seek your face. God, I thank you for that decision that they have made. And I pray that for this session, as we study your word, you may teach us to follow you all through. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved of God, it is another juncture that we get to study our Bible. The Lord is coming soon. Jesus is coming again. That is something that we cannot get our eyes off. If we believed that Christ came in the first advent, the prophecies to that effect were there. And even so, Christ is coming again, and we are supposed to be watching and praying and waiting for him. In this account, John chapter 4, reading from verse 20. Now, just to get a preview of what happens before, is that the woman is brought to the point of confessing Jesus to be the prophet. He says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. That through the dealings of what Jesus had told her, of the fact that Christ appeared to have scratched a place in her heart that she held so dear, she said that, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. And she went ahead to talk to Jesus. Now, from that perspective of Christ being a prophet, she says, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Beloved, I want us to focus on verse 23 and 25. In the discourse between the woman and Christ, Jesus is saying, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Now, beloved, you realize that this woman was acquainted with the prophecies of the time, and she even knew what was going on, the, the squabble between Jerusalem as a place of worship and the mountains. But when Christ comes, he brings in uh, an entire perspective of not about where, but how. He's not bringing a situation of where to worship, but he's bringing a situation of how to worship, how to develop a relationship with him, how to please him, how to be tied together with him in a relationship and the relationship with the father and he's telling us the hour is coming and now is and beloved it is now it is now that god is seeking for such to worship him in truth and in spirit now what does it mean to worship god in truth and in spirit it means that as we worship god we are to be guided by the truth and Jesus Christ himself says in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. 
So we know that Christ Jesus is the truth. Christ Jesus is the one in whom we need as we seek the face of the Lord in worship, in prayer, and in praise. So God is speaking and he's saying something that is very pertinent, that now is the time and he is seeking for people that will worship him in truth and in spirit. Now, beloved of God, when we read the book of Psalms, chapter 19, verse 9b, it says, The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And Christ Jesus, in making his prayer, said, Sanctify them with your truth, for your word, O Lord, is truth. This is just to show us that the truth that we have is the truth of God's word. There is no way you can offer the best worship if you're not doing it according to God's word. And one thing remains. God has given us his word of truth, including his ten commandments that have stood the test of time. He says, I am the Lord, you are God. You shall have no other gods beside me. And it simply means if we are hewing upon ourselves other gods, then we are not worshipping in truth. Closely connected to that is when God says, Thou shall not make for yourself any graven image of things in earth and things in heaven or things under the earth. Just to show us that worshipping in truth also means that you do not have any graven image to yourself. And then Father, the Lord reminds us of this one thing that we need to know. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor, but the Sabbath is the day of the Lord. And God is reminding us to remember to keep the Sabbath. So even in worshiping him in truth, we need to worship him in the beauty of his holiness regarding the Sabbath, how it is holy, sanctified, and set apart. And so God is bringing to view the fact that the time is now that we may worship him in truth and what is worshiping god in spirit worshiping god in spirit has something to do with how the spirit of god leads you to use the word of god in seeking his face for instance we are told in galatians 5:22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience goodness kindness gentleness humility self-control and that means that as you are worshipping God, as we are not having any other God beside him, in us the fruit of the Spirit should be seen. In us we should be able to exude the character of Jesus. That we are not to be the people who, yes, keep the Sabbath holy, but forget the things of kindness, gentleness, meekness, humility. We cannot afford to sacrifice those virtues at the altar of keeping the truth as it is. And so God is inviting you to a higher perspective as he did with this woman. And Jesus said, the time is come and now is. Dear child of God, assess your belief. Assess your faith. Is it grounded on the word of God? If you are following cunningly devised fables of worshipping things made by man, 
or rather if you think that the graven image in your house is God. Now God says you should not make it. I wonder how it simply becomes God because it is ascribed to a godly character. In the same manner, if you are not keeping the Sabbath of the Lord, the seventh day Sabbath holy, just ask yourself, who is it that you are following? Is it worshipping in truth and in spirit? It is not or. It is God is seeking those who worship in truth and in spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, day by day you seek a people who shall worship you in truth and in spirit. And that is your teaching to us. And Lord, I pray thee that you may remember us this day, for we have been found to be faltering and wandering in this regard. Dear Lord, I pray that you may help us to serve you and worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Help us day by day to seek your face in truth and in spirit, for your word is truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thank you very much, child of God. It has been a privilege just to know that God requires such as will worship him in truth and in spirit. Today, as you assess and think through it, may God bless you and keep you safe. Till we meet again, be blessed. That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. We'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program. Send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 4276, code 0010, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is at Join me next time. But until then, may our good Lord keep you safe. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi.
Aponye kundu atazisafisha Mazuri ya mchinjo oni kwa ke Yesu 